0: Hello, welcome to Mark Langley's Horsemanship Podcast, a podcast helping people to understand their horses better, to provide solutions in a calm, connected way. I'm Jenny Barnes. And I'm Mark Langley. The first question is from Leisha. She says her young horse seems to be focused on the float in float loading lessons. At this stage, the focus is only getting him on and standing without the breaching gate closed. I've had him walk up and back off lovely at each stage of the float and he happily stands there even when I get to his hind and then he calmly backs off. What do I do next? I don't want to undo what I've done so I'm not sure if she should just keep practicing until he happily stays or once he starts to back ask him to go forward. So it sounds to me that she's getting a horse in the float fine but he's um, he's not happy standing there once that breaching gate is closed. She's he's willing to back off, or you know. Oh, whilst
1: well, she's closing the breaching gate, possibly too, because that's when he can back off. So, okay, ah, uh, yeah, Lisa, Lisa. Uh, the 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 thing about um, you know loading is if you've got that forwards and backwards happening really softly. Um, basically, I think <clears throat> when you're at the, up at the front of him, he's kind of happy to stand there because you're there. Um, but when you get further down the back, he thinks, I'll just follow you out. So, you've got to start to establish a bit more self-loading for that, so you can do it all on your own uh, from, from the back. But you don't have to self-load straight away by, you know, pointing at the float and sending the horse in. What I start to do is, um, you know, if it's a straight load float, what it sounds, but it is, um, is, is you, you, you load your horse up in, uh, so you're standing at the eye. So, so instead of following out nose in and you've got your chest bar open, you, you load it, so you're standing down one eye, and you might um, walk it in and out standing at the eye and then lead it in and out just standing behind the eye. And as you're loading it, at every stage of loading, so the front feet on the ramp, the front feet in the float, back feet on the ramp, all that sort of, all those stages, you wanna be able to walk down um, and get your horse to stand. And so, so don't put it all the way in, that's why you start outside, and you walk all the way down your horse's hip and pull his tail, and just go down and maybe go down and even pick up a foot if it's just standing at the ramp or something like that, and show the horse that you can stand there. And you're going to go back and handle it, because one of the things uh, the horses um, it's good for them to, to them uh, for them to understand is that you can handle them anywhere, and you just you're just going out, you just put them in the flat so you can handle them or something like that, and then you lead your horse up in a little further, and you just go back and handle it, and then let it stand for a little while and. Uh, and then slowly work until your horse is all the way in and you can walk back and handle it and stay there a little longer. So you've basically done that outside before your horse is committed to the float and then in stages, little increments in so you might only get a foot in and another foot and another foot uh, still working on backwards and forwards on the way in to make sure you've got good soft leading. And then at any time if the horse goes to step back, you say step forward again and then stand and then you know offer it you know, handle it until it realizes it's just to be standing. Uh, and, and and you can handle it the next thing i'd also work on in the in, in, in the respect of self-loading is if you can teach your horse outside to walk a straight line in front of you so you can sort of handle it from the hip and it walks straight and you can rub on its hip and, and, and you know rub its tail and things like that then basically you're at a stage that the horse can think forward and walk ahead of you so you get to a stage that may be halfway in the horse float uh, so you, so say for instance you're in the uh, halfway in the other bay and you ask your horse in and right at about the halfway point You say now lead up to the chest bar and you'd send them up to the chest bar So they've only got to go maybe a meter in front of you So basically they've just got to walk and, and by the time they're up at the chest bar you'll, Your shoulder might be just at the back of their shoulder So they've only had to go in front of you just a little bit And then you back them out again and you do that again and then you say, well, how about I stand a little closer to the back of the float, as in still inside the float, not, not right at the back of the ramp. And then you say, now, can you go up to the chest bar? And the horse will lead past you up to the chest bar. And then you just say, oh, good. And by that time, you, you, your shoulder might be somewhere between the girth and the flank. you know, st- And the horse has gone all the way in. And then you just keep going out a little further and sending your horse all the way in until you've sent it in and then all of a sudden... Your shoulders in line with its tail and it's walked all the way up to the chest bar and and stopped there the other thing is and I think this is important in the early stages and I know it's hard for people that are loading two horses because um, you can't uh, uh, that's why I like open chest bars that open um, so it's very important I like young horses to learn to back out with me so they do not back out of that float unless I've asked Or I'm asking them out, you know when people just chuck the rope over their back and let the horse just mose its way out Well, that's just telling the horse that sometimes when you're loading it uh, it, You know with no feel of the rope the horse can just start to back out so um, You would untie your horse and Set it up that it's it's always backs out when you ask it with a feel so that's the other thing I'd, I'd be working on, uh, Lisa, Lisa, Lisa um, I'd be working on only asking your horse to back out, not um, letting it walk backwards without being asked with the feel of a rope. Um, and then once you've got that established, the horse knows not to back off unless you've asked it. So, And that's all being taught in the process of going in in increments and, and then sending it in past you in increments. So yeah, at the end of it, you'd just be pointing in there and your horse walks past you in there and knows that unless you ask it back with that lead rope, it's not to come back. There is another thing. A lot of people aren't haven't got the confidence to do this and that's okay if you don't because you don't necessarily need to do it. But once a horse, you know a horse leads really well, you can put a long rope through a tie ring and, and just lead the horse from back outside the float. This is not such a bad thing to teach horses because if they do suddenly get a panic, which they shouldn't if they know how to lead properly and they've been inside the horse float and they're confident, technically they shouldn't worry about it. And if you've already led a horse up to a tire ring outside a float where they can lead right up to a tire ring and there's no problem with that, then you can put a long rope through a tire ring in a float and walk and just pull that rope and they'll just walk straight in. If they have to pull back, well they're they're not hard tied so you can let let them dribble back. But technically if they're leading well and they're confident in the float then they could lead up to a tiring in there. I like doing it um, for, for, for 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 straight load horse floats because if ever they have a little panic and they are are still stuck or something and someone's made a mistake at night time undone you know didn't do didn't undo them at the front and, but undid the bridging bar. Um, and everyone makes mistakes sometimes in a in a rush or an emergency or if you're loading horses in a bushfire, whatever, then basically if you've led the horse up to a tire ring inside the float they learn that never to pull out because whatever that rope's attached to a tire ring they're not to pull back and and i think that's really important too so it's something to look into but when you've got a bit more confidence and you know everything's working really well that's something you can sort of advance to good luck
0: with that let us know if you have any um or questions with that one Next question is from Jakara, she says, Hey Mark, how can I fix a charging problem? So she's got some horses that she leads through this dominant horse paddock. When she's leading her mare and gelding through this paddock who belongs to Sunny, so I think Sunny is into gelding, Mm -hmm. he comes flying up and straight at the gelding, which what what happened is that he pulled away, ran off, and she managed to get him in another paddock and and close the other gelding off. But it just shows the kind of behaviour that he has. So if she's leading Sunny, this, this is the Dr. Chasing one, well, past the mare or the gelding separately, he'll just put his ears back and he won't actually do anything. But is there some way that she can fix the problem um, of him charging at them when she's eating horses through the paddock? She's had his blood tests done to see if he was proud cut, but tests come back clear for testosterone.
1: Yeah, he's, he's a bit like that, I think, and I know him fairly well, Sonny, because, you know, we've, we've, I've helped you at a few clinics with him and, um, and Sonny's a gelding that's got the culty look about him. He's got that real sort of noble culty muscular sort of physique about him and it, and he looks like he's kind of full of testosterone And but it's just in him and he's just a culty type. So, you know, and a lot of geldings do that. You watch them in a herd and they still do what, what, what you know, they think they're supposed to do as if they were stallions. Um, and some are more protective than others. Some some are more dominant than others and, and this is the thing that you've got to you know think about the thing about this Jakara is you're there okay so he might have control over those other two horses but while you're with those two horses you're one step above Sunny, okay and that's that's way the way it has to be with him um so in your you know in all the stuff that you do with him you know you're really establishing your boundary and and, and your groundedness so the one well the one um, animal that he can't push as you. Now it's not by you bullying him and chasing him around that you're establishing that. It's through you not uh, buying into some of his things, not being shifted by his in his strong intentions, and and he starts to respect that. The other thing I do was I would have something at hand so you can get a little big to say let that go or establish a boundary, and that might be a flag or something like that. <clears throat> but you have got to be careful because you've got two other horses with you. That you're leading okay so practice maybe with one at a time or something like that or but also with the horses that you're leading teach them that you can walk away and you can just pop a flag and they can follow the field and come towards you so when Sunny comes running down all strong you step towards him and say pop the flag and say let that go but you're walking away from them because they're behind you and you're protecting them um and you just say let that go Sonny, but for everybody else listening to this you have to be super careful so you have to have your horses that you're leading well adjusted to following your feel and having the flag moving away from them but also the horse that you're um the dominant horse you have to have also worked with him and established good boundaries and things like that and and um so so you know that horse pretty well you don't just go out there randomly with a flag and just pick a fight with some random horse. That, and it's not that you're picking a fight; they're running into your boundary. You're just stepping up and saying, "Not on my watch! Don't, don't, don't push into my boundary." So you put your boundary there and say, "Let go of that, sonny." And you pop the flag, and he's going to go, "Oh, right, I hit a wall there." And um, and then once he's changed his thought, you just go on about your business and just keep keep an eye out and just say, "Let go of that," okay. Um, maybe practice it with one horse at a time a little bit going through his paddock till, till he gets a little uh, more understanding that, you're, you know, that, that he can't just come and control the herd because this is your herd and you're in control of that herd and you are the more dominant one while you're with those two horses, not him. Um,
0: He's obviously respectful of that a bit because she can lead him. And he yeah. doesn't
1: suddenly take off and try and charge. Yeah that's right so, so, so that's established a, a, a bit and as long as um, he has a good respect for your boundaries before that situation before you put him in that situation then um, you know I think I think you can just step up and, 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 and try and work on that but as I I'll repeat myself again make sure the two horses that you're leading have been exposed to you getting a little big and sending you know and saying hey not towards them because you're not going to turn towards them and do that you're only turning towards him so you'll be moving away from them a little and if they've got that sorted and they're right with that then you can step up and yeah make that boundary clear
0: okay there's a similar question here about challenging horses this is from Nikki she says how can I deal with a horse who kicks he's not doing so out of fear but to move people around
1: yeah this is this is a, it becomes a bit of a problem um because if it's not out of fear to so there's a lot of horses that grow up around humans and stuff like that and they start to sort of you know it's almost like we're all a herd and you know I'm not interested in that or I want to move you and and we all fit in the same sort of category as the horses and um so basically there's a saying that I say to everybody and this is the same for Jakara's question um is You don't establish um, leadership by going and pushing all the horses around you establish leadership by not so so you don't move their feet to establish leadership you just don't let them move yours okay so if you watch horses in a herd like if you watch a few different herds I like the ones that tend to be the strong ones that the horses are confident with but if you watch them they're not constantly bringing their boundaries out and annoying other horses and stuff they just um, when horses come into their boundaries at certain times they're very strong at saying, you know, don't come into my space um, but they don't want to go out and hurt that horse and, 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 and annoy it and pester it and chase it they just are very clear and usually those ones work their way up in the herd to be, you know, a fairly confident um, but I wouldn't say dominant Just they just have a strong leadership quality and, and, and other horses won't mess with them yet those other horses around them don't feel worried about them because they know they've got clear boundaries and they know when and when not to whereas the horses that bring their boundaries out all the time always create um, mistrust and problems in the herd so in saying going back to what what's happening with your horses i do some leading lessons where i would get your horse leading very well education is so important like you know, you can't go into a horse in a paddock and have it start to back up and, you know, kick towards people to shift them around. It needs education. So you wouldn't set that situation up and then just go and get a big flag and say, don't do that again. Though, though sometimes you might be in a situation that you have to do that. You don't just educate them, go to the hard problem and educate them there. I, I, I would probably go back to some leading and stuff and establishing a bit of, Um, better um, connection through feel um, connection through awareness so maybe I'd stand on on the end of a long lead or a fairly long lead and every time the horse thinks away or something like that I might pop a flag or bang my leg and the horse keeps its thoughts a little more to me but you're not saying focus on me all the time focus on me all the time you're saying let that go and then And the reason I say that is, if you say, focus on me all the time, then you're taking responsibility to get that horse to look at you all the time. But if you say, let that go, then well, once the horse has let that outside thought go, what is it going to look at? It's going to bring its thoughts into here and into where you are. So it's going to be more responsible to focus on you uh, because it's let go of all those outside thoughts. So when your horse has got more awareness of you, those horses, I teach them to walk up thoughtfully and slowly. Cause a lot of those horses sometimes they kick and move you out of their space but at the same time when they come up to sniff you it's like someone that handshakes you and they walk up and they grab your hand and turn it and they don't even look in the eye and meet you with a handshake they just come into your space and give you a really bad handshake um so those horses i would not i would have them at the end of a long lead and i'd say walk up to me quietly and learn how to reach out and sniff me curiously and Get them to feel your presence by leading up to you very slowly from a distance. And if they start to to, to destinate and think that they're just going to come up into your space and say, get out, I'm here, we'll stop them and say, no, you might pop a flag and say, no, you're going to lead up a little softly and I want you to come in softly. And if they come in charging, not charging aggressively, but coming up saying, I'm just going to come in your space and yeah, because that's what I do. I'd say no. You're gonna walk up slowly until you meet and the horse reaches and sniffs softly. By the time they've crawled up to you carefully, thoughtfully, they've watched you and thought about you. And then by the time they've got to you, then a lot of times they go, gee, you've got strong intention, haven't you? And they start to realize that they can't push you and they have to be aware of you. Now you didn't do it by pushing them around and chasing them around in circles and things like that. You just said, walk up to me thoughtfully and watch me when you walk up to me. Don't just come in saying, Yeah, right eh? yeah, I'm here, I to, you know, looking around and things like that. So it's that thoughtlessness in horses that sometimes leads them to be, you know, disrespectful of our space and things like that because we've allowed them to walk up not even thinking about us. So lessons like that really help those horses. And then if if there's any situations when you're leading, you can put a feel through a rope and a horse knows which direction to carry its thoughts. So basically you do a lot of leading lessons, you know, pick up a feel, come with me over here, pick up a feel, come with me over here. So wherever that rope goes, that horse knows to stay with that rope. So then if there's any situations where the horse is spinning to push and kick and things like that, you can take up a feel of the rope and you'll redirect the horse's thoughts back in so the haunches go out in another direction. Um, and and the other thing that you need in established in leading is the ability to be able to pick up a rope and say, let go of that, let go of that hard thought. If the horse has got a real strong thought, you can say, let go of that. Um, I've seen horses destroyed with bumping, people bumping and chastising horses all the time. So I don't hand out bumps to say, oh, just bump your horse, bump your horse for this, bump it for that. But there are times I'll pick up a feel on a rope and the horse is just off. And, you know, the horses that you pop a flag and they're just like, off, oh, they don't really, you know, they're not really thinking about anything. Then I'll put a little bump through the rope and the horse will go, oh, what was that? And then i'll pick up the feel again and then when the horse focuses through the feel then it's found softness through the feel but if you just bump it to chastise it then next time you pick up a rope the horse will be braced when you pick up the feel of the rope thinking you're going to bump on it so you're only putting a bump in when when the horse is really zoning out to that rope to say let go of that and then as soon as the horse has let go of that then you offer that feel again and say well can you follow this so then over time when you pick up that rope the horse thinks and softens to feel opposed to going oh you're going to bump me so that's very important in that sense um so that's getting good education in there and once that's established next time you walk out and you're in situations don't buy into everything either so when you're leading a horse like that around you own your decisions and a lot of people becoming as they become good trainers and they learn all this stuff you know, so many books and so many videos on, on horse training and, you know, helping horses and, and, and people are becoming a lot more aware about listening to horses that we need to listen to them to, to, to recognise how they feel and that's so important. But listening is a responsibility, not a lesson. And I think people are starting to sort of listen to horses thinking they're training them with all this listening and how how, how tuned into their horse's feelings they are that they get so tuned into their horse's feelings their horse looks at them and go, they go, well you're not really a good leader because you're so tuned in to me that you forgot about yourself and um, and I think it's so important to look like you know what you're doing if you're standing there looking for a sapphire in the sand in the arena well that's what you're doing you don't have to do something every time your horse does something you can believe in your own decisions and walk like you're going somewhere like you believe it and stand there like you believe it and, um, and I think showing your horses that is very powerful because They realize that you believe in your decisions, which means they don't test you as much and they're not constantly sort of, you know, because sometimes if a horse does something and we buy into it every time because we're worried about how we're going to fix it, then basically every time the horse does something, we buy into it. Whereas there's a lot of times you don't buy into stuff with horses like that and and a lot of other horses. So um, don't buy into everything he does. And if he starts to sort of, you know, have a conversation with you don't always have a conversation back. Say, no, I'm actually, I'm looking at the clouds to see if it's going to rain at the moment, and I'm busy doing that. And he's going to go, hmm, hmm, Oh, mm, mm, that's not really working. I'll just have to stand quietly instead. And then the horse learns to stand quietly because you've said, I'm not going to buy into everything that you're doing. But then you might turn around and say, now, would you like to have a conversation? They go, oh, you go yeah, I'd like to have a conversation with you. So you don't sort of leave them out there till they just lose interest in you completely. But you've got to get that right balance of... Um, being a good leader and confident in yourself. So that established. Then with the leading, then you go out with a horse that sort of tries to move people around. You might find it tries to move people around a lot less um, because it believes that you can't be shifted. And then if suddenly you're out there, the first few times i would walk through just testing it at liberty, I might carry a little flag or a rope with me and I'll bang the rope on my leg or just make a quick sharp sound or something so when the horse goes to turn and shift you, you, just, you, don't, you don't attack them and chase them off like an alpha horse. You don't pick a fight with them. But you say, I will not be shifted. And then you use the clap of the flag or the clap of the rope or something to say, let go of that thought. And then as the horse goes, what was that? They turn around to see you standing there going, I'm having a good day, I'm happy. And then you go, "Oh right, that didn't work. I didn't shift you, I didn't make you upset, but I couldn't shift you. And that's so important. So take all that on board and then, then you might, but without education, all these things, are just, you're just trying to fix something that, um, that's a problem that may go, may go away with better education.
0: You can learn more from Mark online through his online training videos. Just search Mark Langley Horsemanship. There's over 380 training videos which everyone has access to with a seven-day free trial. If you like what you see, it's just $15 a month from there. That's help where you need it.